Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 21st of October 2023. This is Chris and your other readers are Eleanor and Jeremy. The editor this week is Eleanor. All are members of Team One. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burke Hempstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines. Vehicle thefts alarm. Harvey up for an award. Footpaths loss fear. There are other, these and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Eleanor. Police are warning drivers to make sure their vehicles are secure after an increase in car theft in decorum. Thefts of vehicles have risen across the county by more than 8% this year compared to the same period last year. The borough is among the areas which have experienced the biggest increase alongside Three Rivers and East Hearts. Crime Prevention Officer Darren Cowell said there's been an increase in vehicle thefts this year. Keyless entry vehicles have been targeted by criminals using signal relay equipment, which can pick up the FOB signal and use it to unlock and start vehicles. Using a signal blocking FOB pouch called a Faraday bag or storing your FOB and any spare keys in a metal box will help prevent theft of keyless vehicles. Also, using a good quality steering wheel lock can be an effective deterrent. Police have offered the following advice to keep vehicles safe. Lock your car whenever it is left unattended and keep it in a garage at night if possible. When at home, keep your keyless car fob and a spare well away from the car. Put the keys in a screened or signal blocking pouch such as a Faraday bag Reprogram your key fobs if you buy a second-hand car. Turn off wireless signals on your fob when it is not being used. Never leave your vehicle unattended with the engine running, even if you are only gone for a moment. Consider fitting CCTV covering your home and driveway to help deter thieves. And never leave valuable items or tools on display in your vehicle. Hello, this is Jeremy. The founder of a Hemel Hempstead-based neuro-rehabilitation centre has been shortlisted for a prestigious award. Neurokinics CEO Harvey Sihota is among 12 people in the running for the Neuro-Rehab Times Rehab Leader of the Year Award. The accolade from the NR Times publication recognizes those dedicated to driving forward positive change within the neuro-rehabilitation sector. Sponsored by complex care provider Breakthrough Case Management, the Rehab Leader of the Year Award will be decided by a public vote. And the Centre is calling on the Hemel Hempstead community to support Harvey in recognition of the life-changing rehab he has brought to the region. Katrine May, co-founder and director of Breakthrough said, this is an opportunity to honor those that have gone the extra mile, demonstrated leadership in the rehabilitation field, 
made significant contributions to the advancement of rehabilitation services and ultimately improved client outcomes. The NeuroKinex Centre practices spinal cord injury therapy from around the world, such as wide pulse stimulation and locomotor training. NeuroKinex also has a step-up scheme compromising of six free sessions to newly injured clients referred by the NHS. The service is described by the centre as a lifeline for many. Harvey established NeuroKinex following his own life-changing spinal cord injury. Not finding the right level of rehab after he left hospital, he set out to help to make quality technologies and techniques accessible to all. Hundreds of miles of public rights of way have disappeared in Hertfordshire over the past century, analysis shows. The Ramblers, a charity for walkers, has carried out extensive analysis of how footpaths have changed over the last 100 years. By comparing historical and contemporary maps, the charity has estimated 630 miles of protected footpath have been lost in the former Hertfordshire areas since the turn of the 20th century. Public rights of way are paths that anyone has a legal right to use. While these are predominantly used by walkers, they can include bridleways, also used by cyclists and horse riders. Further research from the Ramblers and the New Economies Foundation think, that, think tank shows that the average postcode in Hertfordshire has 3,100 metres of footpath within a 10-minute walk. The average postcode has around 2,700 metres of public rights of way within a 10-minute walk. However, the charity has warned that people across the country are missing out on the benefits of walking in nature. Jack Cornish, head of paths at the Ramblers, said readily available walking routes can have a massive impact on health outcomes and those with limited accessibility to footpaths are unable to reap the benefits. The charity has further called for a £650 million investment in paths across England and Wales, which they say could pay dividends in improving the nation's health. In total, nearly 50,000 miles of public right-of-way have been lost over the past century. In recent years, the UK government has been exploring social prescribing, meaning patients prescribed activities, including walking and cycling, as an alternative or alongside medication. A spokesman for the Department for the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs said, we are committed to increasing access to nature and our environmentally improvement plan set out our ambition for every household to be within a 15 minute walk of a green or blue space. We are working to reduce other barriers preventing people from accessing green and blue spaces, including through our 14.5 million pound access for all program, which includes a package of targeted measures. This week in history, October the 19th, 1862, Auguste Lumière, French moving picture pioneer, was born. His cinematograph system gave its name to the word cinema. On this day last year, 
inflation rose to 10.1%, making it the second time the rate had reached double digits so far that year. October the 20th, 1822, Thomas Hughes, author of Tom Brown's School Days, was born at Uffington, Berkshire. On this day last year, Liz Truss announced her resignation, making her the shortest serving Prime Minister in history. October the 21st, 1966. Disaster struck the small Welsh mining village of Apafan when a colliery slag tip slid down the side of a hill and engulfed a row of houses, a farm and a school. Of the 144 people who died, 116 were children. On this day last year, maternity services in England deteriorated to their lowest level, the hospital's regulator said, as it expressed deep concerns about the quality of care given to mothers and babies. October the 22nd, 1974, a bomb exploded in Brooks Club in London, near a restaurant where the opposition leader of the time, Edward Heath, was dining. On this day last year, fibre optic laser therapy, which could transform the lives of people with hard-to-treat epilepsy, was rolled out across the NHS. October the 23rd, 1844, the divine Sarah, actress Sarah Bernhardt, was born in Paris. Decorum Borough Council has been recognised for its high standards for its work in animal welfare. The authority was awarded the Platinum Standard in the annual RSPCA Paw Prints Awards. The award is the highest level of recognition that can be achieved. It is awarded to organisations that have achieved gold paw print status for five or more consecutive years. Both the Council's Environmental Community Protection Animal Welfare Service and housing teams have been recognised for good practice and for achieving higher animal welfare standards. The teams excelled with their respective stray dogs footprint and housing footprint. The stray dogs footprint sets a level of good practice for stray dog provision by acknowledging local authority services with measures and policies to ensure dog welfare, provide staff training and promote responsible dog ownership. It also aims to encourage authorities to look at this important and often undervalued service and address issues that may help them to meet the footprint criteria in the future. Councillor Robin Bromham, who represents Neighbourhood Operations, said, We're thrilled to be awarded the prestigious Platinum Standard in the annual RSPCA Paw Prints Awards for our exceptional work in the Stray Dogs Footprint category. This recognition reflects our commitment to ensuring the welfare of stray dogs in our community and our dedication to responsible dog ownership. We are proud to set a high standard for animal welfare practices. The housing footprint recognises housing providers who take positive steps to encourage and ensure responsible pet ownership in the properties they manage. Councillor Simidiani, who represents housing in the borough, said, 
Our commitment to promoting responsible pet ownership within the properties we manage is unwavering. We aim to create a community that values and respects the well-being of pets and their owners, and this award is a testament to our ongoing dedication to this cause. The animal welfare team assists with concerns regarding the neglect or abuse of animals. Concerns can be reported to the team by, e by emailing animalwelfare at decorum.gov.uk or calling 228-455. Plans are being developed that could encourage ex-offenders from HMP The Mount to take up waste and recycling jobs with Hertfordshire County Council. Vacancies in the council's waste and recycling centres could be promoted to those preparing to leave the Category C prison near Hamel Hempstead. The plans were highlighted to councillors at a meeting by County Council Director of Human Resources, Sally Hopper. Ms Hopper pointed to the huge stigma and huge stereotype ex-offenders could face when trying to secure a job after leaving prison and highlighting the plans to the Council's Impact of Scrutiny Advisory Committee, Ms Hopper pointed to the benefits to potential employees and to the County Council. Ms Hopper was at meeting to report on progress following a full-day scrutiny of staffing issues in March. That scrutiny had looked at the Council's response to the current recruitment market, as well as recruitment and retention. It had recommended steps including the further use of social media to attract a more diverse group of applicants, as well as always to hold on to good quality candidates who had not been offered the role. It also recommended that in order to address retention, the Council looked at ways to develop staff progression and respond to staff needs and expectations and target a wider audience of potential workers and it recommended the Council bring greater clarity to the offer of the County Council compared to the wider public sector and to private enterprise. At the meeting on Friday, it was reported to councillors that social media platforms were used as a standard method of advertising vacancies and promoting the organisation as a great place to work. Improvements, it was reported, meant Candidates for administration and support roles could be considered for other positions other than the one that they'd applied for. And it was reported that activity to imp improve retention had cut turnover rates from 15.1% in January to 13% in August. Following the debate, councillors agreed that work to address the scrutiny recommendations had been completed. Hemel Hempstead's leading business campus, Breakspear Park, has opened up nominations for its 2023 Community Fund for the last time. It is now encouraging residents to submit suggestions of Hertfordshire-based charities, not-for-profit groups and services that could benefit from the final £1,000 donation of the year. Designated to support organisations amid the current cost-of-living crisis, so far this year, Breakspear Park has awarded funds to the AT Society, a charity supporting people with ataxia telangiectasia, a rare and complex genetic order, 
disorder affecting multiple systems of the body. Pets in Need Hearts, a not-for-profit animal food bank that supports low-income locals with taking care of their pets. And PlaySkill, a charity that supports children with physical disabilities and delays and their families across Hertfordshire. The public is now invited to write in and nominate charities, projects or causes they believe are worthy. All nominations for not-for-profit initiatives that benefit the residents of Hertfordshire will be considered. Details of the top three nominations, chosen by Breakspear Park's management team, will be announced via its Facebook page, giving the public a chance to vote. To nominate a Hertfordshire-based organisation, email dina.mystery, that's d-i-n-a dot m-i-s-t-r-y at breakspear-park.co.uk highlighting the type of project, charity, group or service that what, uh, what the £1,000 will be used for and contact details for the organisation. Write unknown if you don't know what the money will be used for. The closing date for nominations is October the 29th, with the funds awarded in December. Some cancer patients in beds, bucks and hearts could be taught how to administer their own chemotherapy at home so that they no longer need to travel to hospital for treatment. Currently, most patients undergoing chemotherapy have to travel to a specialist hospital to have the drugs administered by a health professional. But Mount Vernon Cancer Centre, which delivers cancer services to residents in areas such as Luton, Beds and Bucks, as well as Hearts, is to pilot a scheme where patients are taught how to administer it themselves. Dozens of breast cancer patients have already been given the option of injecting doses of trastuzumab and pertuzumab into the layer of fat below the skin as part of the hospital's chemotherapy at home project. And in the next phase, due to roll out next year, patients with a wider range of cancers will have the option of having backpacks of chemo infusions delivered to their homes. On October 12th, the programme was highlighted to members of Hertfordshire County Council's Health Scrutiny Committee. Councillors heard that the backpack model was designed to give patients more freedom and a better quality of life. And they were told patients wanting to go on holiday were even able to have the drugs delivered to them anywhere in the UK. At the meeting, Mount Vernon Hospital Director Sarah James said that to take part in the chemotherapy at home option, patients would attend at least three training sessions and they would be provided with instructions and 24-7 contact details in case they have an ad adverse event or device failure. Continuing from the previous article, Sarah James said it would mean facilities at the busy hospital could be retained for those patients that needed them. But it was stressed that any patient would still be able to opt to have the treatment at the hospital if that was their preference. 
Counselors were told patients taking part in the initial phase of the programme had already welcomed the reduction in hospital appointments and travelling. And that's crucial given that for most patients in Hertfordshire, the trip to the northward-based Mount Vernon can be a lengthy and difficult. There are already plans to move Mount Vernon Cancer Care to a site adjacent to Watford General Hospital and for an additional satellite radiography site in either Luton or Stevenage. At the meeting, Jessamay Kinghorn, Head of Partnerships and Engagement from NHS England, East of England, told councillors that no funding had yet been allocated to the new Mount Vernon Cancer Centre, which is expected to cost around £350 million. She said no decision about the satellite site would be taken until a funding decision was made on Mount Vernon's move away from its current site. But she told councillors that the centre was not standing still waiting, but was trying to improve access for patients. Mount Vernon, which is run by the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust, currently serves a population of 2 million people. An annual report showcasing the work of the County Council in 2022-23 has been endorsed by councillors. Council officers say that the 40-page report is designed to demonstrate how the County Council is delivering against its priorities for a cleaner, greener and healthier Hertfordshire. There is no longer a statutory obligation on the County Council to produce an annual report. But on Monday, October the 9th, a meeting of the Council's Cabinet backed the publication. A small number of print copies, at a cost of less than £2,000, will be made available, but the report will mostly be distributed and accessible online. Presenting the report to the Cabinet, Executive Member for Resources and Performance, Councillor Bob Deering, said it would highlight the very broad range of services provided by the Council. It's our way of telling the residents of Hertfordshire what we're doing for them, he said. And it shows that despite the financial pressures that we're under, we're doing some very good stuff indeed for the residents of our great county. The report shows how the Council uses £1 billion a year operational budget to provide services for residents. It focuses around the Council's cleaner, greener and healthier vision and it uses a number of case studies to highlight its successes. Executive Member for Adult Care, Health and Wellbeing, Councillor Tony Kingsbury, highlighted the £420 million spent on annually on adult care as well as the rollout of assistive technology which is designed to help residents to maintain their independence at home for longer. Councillor Eric Buckmaster, Executive Member for the Environment, said the report was a good illustration of the Council's ambitions and actions and he highlighted initiatives that included ongoing campaign to reduce food waste and investment in recycling centres as well as the ambition to plant 1.8 million trees and hedgerow shrubs by 2030. And continuing on with that story, 
Deputy Council Leader and Executive Member for Children, Young People and Families, Councillor Fiona Thompson, said the report was incredibly helpful for residents to understand the scale of services provided by the County Council. But she stressed that the work of the County Council was ongoing. The report clearly shows what we have done, but I think it's important to remember we haven't just stopped, she told the Cabinet. We are continuing and we continue to support residents as they continue to be impacted by cost of living and other factors. The annual report includes a foreword by County Council Chief Executive Owen Mapley and leader of the Council, Councillor Richard Roberts, which highlights the Council's ambitions and the pressures it faces. This year has been one like never before, says the foreword. We have been striving for innovation and improvement during testing times, all while continuing to commit ourselves to our communities and deliver excellent and more efficient services. We're confident that we are taking strides towards our ambitious vision. Despite the severe pressures we have faced, we are immensely proud that we still achieved great things in the past year including delivering impressive results across our four strategic priorities and our overall vision for a cleaner, greener, healthier Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire County Council's projected overspend for 2023-24 has been reduced to £13 million, councillors have been told. Estimates, based on the first three months of the financial year, had suggested that the County Council was heading for a £16.4 million overspend by the end of March 2024. And emergency measures, including a freeze on recruitment for all but essential roles, had already been brought in in a bid to cut costs. But at a meeting, Executive Member for Resources and Performance, Councillor Bob Deering, said that figures had now been re reduced to, by £3.4 million to £13 million. However, he told the Cabinet meeting that the situation remained serious because that lower figure was still in excess of the Council's £10 million contingency figure. The projected overspend was in the context of an overall budget that was in excess of £1 billion. Councillor Deering said all larger authorities were under pressure, but that Hertfordshire always rose to the challenge. And he stressed that as part of the recruitment prioritisation programme, the Council was continuing to recruit to essential roles. Currently, the most immediate steps we are taking to deal with the projected overspend is that we are introducing a recruitment prioritisation programme, he said. I should be at pains to say that this is not a freeze. It is, as the expression suggests, a prioritisation programme. So, insofar as we have posts to fill which are essential for the provision of our services or essential for us to meet our statutory obligations, we will be re recruiting to those posts. But if we are able, are able to identify posts that are not crucial in, the, in that sense, then as a prioritisation, we will not currently be recruiting to those posts. That will lead to an immediate financial benefit for the council. 
Then we will have to see how that unfolds. But certain, certainly that will be a great contribution to our current situation. At the meeting, it was reported to councillors that the bulk of the additional spend is within children's services. School transport for children with special educational needs and disabilities, SEND, and accommodation for some children in care are among the increasing financial demands facing the council. And all council departments are now being asked to identify possible underspends and efficiencies. At the meeting, leader of the County Council, Councillor Richard Roberts, stressed the need to balance the council's budget by the end of the financial year. He said, fundamentally, we need to get our budget back in order, back under control, so that as we address our budget cycle for next year, we are in good shape to do so. But nobody in this organisation is under any illusion that we are challenged, probably as much as we have ever been, in order to fulfil that requirement to deliver a balanced budget next February, and of course to deliver this budget by the year end. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any more news. The Coram Borough Council announced the first of a new batch of electric vehicle charging points, EVCPs, for Decorum is up and running in Tring, with many more to follow across the borough. New rapid EVCPs are now live in the forged car park Tring, with installation work also set to be completed soon in High Street Car Park in Hemel Hempstead. A range of different EVCPs, from fast to ultra-rapid, are on the way at many other sites in Decorum, with installation starting soon. They'll release information about when these will be available as the designs are finalised and the works are planned. Decorum Borough Council was awarded £415,000 by the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles and with support of the Energy Saving Trust for additional charging points to be fitted in our public car parks for those people with plug-in electric vehicles. They're working towards making decorum net zero by 2050 at the latest. Councillor Adrian England, our portfolio holder for climate change and deputy leader of the council said I'm delighted to see these first three EV charging points go live which has happened earlier than expected. Tring now leads this wave of modern infrastructure being installed right across to Corum helping residents, shoppers and other visitors to be confident in leaving behind vehicles which require outdated fossil fuels. And continuing on from this story, the following car park locations are included in the current programme. In Henel Hempstead, Wood Lane End Car Park, Alexandra Road Car Park, Queensway Car Park, Park Road, Belgate Neighbourhood Centre, the Queen Square Neighbourhood Centre, Durrance Hill Car Park, Leverstock Green Village Shops, Water Gardens, Cowper Road, The Gables Car Park, Henry Wells Square, Bennett's End Neighbourhood Centre, and the High Street Car Park. And in Berkhamsted, 
St John's Well Lane car park, in Tring, Frogmore Street East car park and the Forge car park, in Kings Langley, Langley Hill car park and in Mark Yate, Hicks Road car park. Hertfordshire County Council held their first slipper swap event of the year on Thursday the 12th of October at, and 64 Bishop Stortford's residents got hold of some fancy new footwear that will help to prevent them tripping, slipping or falling in their homes. Last year they held eight events and gave out 395 pairs of slippers to some very happy new owners. And this year, Hertfordshire County Council are on a mission to do away with even more old, broken and often dangerous slippers, with five more events planned across the winter period. According to the Office for Health and Improvement Disparities, falls are the largest cause of emergency hospital admissions for older people and significantly impact on long-term outcomes. For example, often meaning people moving from their own home to long-term nursing or residential care. At each event, occupational therapists are on hand to offer advice on fall prevention and other health and well-being charities and organisations are also in attendance to offer help and advice to residents. Bishop Stortford resident Hilary attended the slipper swap and said, I had a couple of pairs of old slippers that really were getting quite dangerous and it seemed a good idea to attend the slipper swap and after all it was free so I have some new slippers which fit wonderfully and they're non-slip which is great. Slipper swap events taking place in libraries across Hertfordshire from now until mid-December include Stevenage Library Monday the 30th of October, Hatfield Library Wednesday the 15th of November, Hoddesdon Library Wednesday the 29th of November, Hemel Hempstead Library Thursday the 7th of December. All events are free and run from 10am to 1pm. Residents are invited to show up with no booking necessary. Berkhamsted Town Council Thermal Imaging Service is coming back in November 2023. Following last year's success, our BTC Thermal Imaging Service will be made available to all Berkhamsted residents between November 2023 and March 2024. Booking an appointment for volunteers to visit your house will be as easy as booking online hairdressing hairdressing appointment. All you need to do for now is register your interest by emailing and BTC will email you a letter with more details of how to sign up. The thermal imaging camera service is free and it's offering two trained members of the BTC Energy Working Group who will visit the property between November 2023 and March 2024 between 6pm and 8pm on a weekday evening. They will take images at the front, back and sides of your house using the Testo Thermal Imaging Camera, a special camera-like device that can take a thermal image of a building to help get a better understanding of where any heat is being lost. Within a couple of weeks of the thermal images being taken, you will be emailed a factual record of the visit with images. Information on how to reduce your home's heat loss can be found on the Energy Saving Trust website, energysavingtrust.org.uk.
uk slash energy hyphen at hyphen home slash reducing hyphen home hyphen heat hyphen loss. If you would like to register your interest in the BTC Thermal Imaging Service, please email berkhamsteadclimateaction at gmail.com. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month and Action Fraud is sharing information to raise awareness of email and social media hacking and how people can secure their online accounts properly. Email and social media hacking is one of the most prevalent forms of cybercrime reported to action fraud. There were 236 reports of hacking of social media and email reported by residents or businesses in Hertfordshire between the 1st of April 2022 and the 31st of March 2023. There have been 174 reports since the 1st of April 2023. The best way to keep hackers out is by enabling two-step verification, 2SV, even if they know your password. This means gaining access to your account requires verification from a mobile phone or email address specified by the account holder. Reusing the same password for multiple accounts is also risky, as criminals only need to steal one of your passwords in order to get into many of your accounts. Combining three random words that each mean something to you is a great way to create a password that is easy to remember but hard to crack. Criminals can also use stolen personal photos and videos to extort victims into promoting scams to their social media followers. Make sure you are using strong passwords and two-step verification, 2SV, to protect your accounts. Find out here, find out how at ncsc.gov.uk slash cyberaware slash home. If you think your email or social media account has been hacked, you should report it as a crime to action fraud. Berkhampstead Town Councillor Rebecca McKenzie writes, I've been thinking about how difficult this winter be could be for a lot of people with heating costs continuing to be at an all-time high but with no government support this year to help cover the costs. I've been asking around our local churches and community centres to find out where warm spaces in Berkhamsted will be this winter so that we can compile a detailed list of spaces and timings for our winter newsletter. Warm spaces appeared last winter as free or very low cost spaces for people to stay warm and to save heating their homes. For example, people working from home but struggling to afford to keep their homes warm all day. Warmspaces.org is a website which will show you where the warm spaces are near you. Find out about government help available at gov.uk slash help for households. Please do get in touch if you know of somewhere locally which will be taking part in the Warm Spaces initiative 
so we can make sure the town council has a full list of what's available. I know for sure that Open Door 360 to 364 High Street will be happy for people to use their premises as a warm space during their opening hours 10.30 to 3.30pm Monday to Friday and 10.30 to 1pm on Saturdays. In North Church, St Mary's Church and North Church Baptist Church are planning to offer a warm space in their parish room. Please contact me at rebecca.mckenzie at berkhamstedtowncouncil.gov.uk if you have information regarding a warm space. Hertfordshire schools are increasing their capacity to support pupils with special educational needs or disabilities through six new special resource provisions, SRPs, opening in mainstream schools across the county. The multi-million pound investment in the development of the new SRPs is helping to address a current gap in the county's SEND service and meet increased need in Hertfordshire for SEND support. From September 2023, more than 100 places have been created in SRPs to support children and young people with speech, language, communication needs and autism who don't need a special school but do need additional support so that they can access learning in a mainstream school. Support in SRPs is tailored to each individual pupil. The number of places are kept small with higher ratios of staff to allow this tailoring to happen. Support will look different for every pupil and the aim for each pupil is to help them develop their social and communication skills and confidence to allow them to increase the time they are able to access mainstream classes. The obituary on their family announcement page this week is Edwina Mary Cass aged 98 years. May she rest in peace. What's on? Television. Mike Yarwood, thank you for the laughs. Saturday, Channel 5, 8.25pm. The man of a thousand faces was one of the biggest TV stars of the 1970s. Yet in 1987, at the height of his fame, he vanished from our screens. In this film, which has taken on extra poignancy due to his death in September, Mike Yarwood's daughters, Claire and Charlotte, explore the truth about their father's rise to fame, discovering how his paralyzing stage fright and drink problems saw him battle to even stand before an audience. The program features contributions from Michael Crawford, Rory Bremner and Ronnie Anacona. And in the theatre, The Calendar Girls, the musical, is on at Milton Keynes Theatre from October the 17th to the 21st. Following the death of a much-beloved husband, a group of ordinary women in a small Yorkshire Women's Institute were prompted to do an extraordinary thing, creating a nude calendar to raise money for charity. With songs by Gary Barlow, the show starts, stars Tanya Franks, from EastEnders, Maureen Nolan from the Nolans, Lynn Paul from the New Seekers, Amy Robbins from Coronation Street, Paula Tappenden 
Theatre Star, Marty Webb, Tell Me On A Sunday, and Honeysuckle Weeks from Foyle's War. Visit atgtickets.com slash Milton Keynes to book. Hertfordshire County Council has announced that its gritting teams are on standby 24 hours a day as winter begins. A fleet of 58 gritters will be used on county roads this winter. A council spokesman said, gritter crews and decision makers from our highways team will be ready around the clock to cover nearly half of Hertfordshire's entire road network. That's more than 1,500 miles or 2,500 kilometers. <clears throat> Typically, the council sends gritters out when road surface temperatures are forecast to be 0.5 degrees centigrade or below. Councillor Phil Bibby said, October is the beginning of our winter season and we make sure our gritters are ready. Our salt stocks in the depots are high and that the county's 1,000 plus salt bins are topped up before freezing weather arrives. Our crews will be on standby 24 hours a day until the end of April, ready to deal with whatever the weather throws at us. We don't know how much, if any, snow and ice we'll see this winter, but I am confident that our highways teams are ready and we will do everything we can to keep the county's roads open and safe, whatever the weather. Roads are accessible. The council aims to grit routes to schools, care homes, doctor's surgeries, key pharmacies and libraries, as well as all the county's A and B roads and bus routes. The council supplies salt to schools on request. District borough and town councils can also request supplies. Community groups and residents associations can access free gritting salt. Football. Hemel Hempstead Town will face step four opposition if they negotiate their FA Cup fourth qualifying round replay with Worthing. Its Manian League Division 1 South East side Ramsgate will welcome the winners of the replay between Hemel and Woking in the first round proper. Their first appearance in the main draw since 2005 and 6. The Tudors and their National League opponents drew nil-nil on Saturday, with Tuesday's replay in Surrey taking place after this week's Gazette had gone to press. Hemel returned to league action this weekend with a visit to Dover Athletic, before then hosting boss Brad Quinton's former club Braintree Town next Tuesday night as they look to keep the pressure on the playoff places. Berkhampstead were beaten 2-1 at home to Redditch United on Saturday in the SPL Division 1 Central. Kyle Willems put the home side in front when he hit a great shot from the left-hand side into the top corner of the net. However, United got back into the game and things started to go wrong for the home team when Nathan Freighter was adjudged to have elbowed an opponent in a challenge and got his marching orders. United made the most of the extra man and Alex Cameron levelled on 68 minutes before a controversial late penalty scored by Rhys Flanagan denied Burko a point later on. On Saturday, it is a coach trip up to Leicester 
when Burko go to Colville Town in the league, who just missed out on promotion last season. Basketball. Hemel Storm bounced back from their first defeat in over a year with a comprehensive victory on the long trip to Newcastle. They sealed a 16-point victory behind a determined defensive display where they showed glimmers of promise as they looked to work their way into the long season ahead. Hakeem Silla scored six of Storm's first nine points as an early three-point lead was enough to spark Newcastle coach Heldekin to call his first time out. Storm worked hard on defence to establish their initial control of the game, with Mark Clark's substitutions working effectively as the Storm bench added a total of 35 points. Tez Allen hit 11 first-half points as he continues to settle into his new side and Storm hit three late threes to win the first quarter, 24-11. Logan Rooney hit back-to-back threes of his own to begin the second, making 13 in a four-minute spell for the hosts, but Seth Swalve responded with, with his own hat-trick from behind the arc to push the lead up to 12. Bernard Hehetro added good physicality in his valuable minutes from the bench and Matt Dissou was impressive with his hustle and energy, propelling Storm into the locker room ten points up the happier side. Silla again came out hot with six early points as Storm's offence began to fire with trebles from Allen and Newman increasing the lead. But some sloppy defence and five last-minute Newcastle points pulled it back to 18 at the third quarter break, the game not quite over yet. Storm was scoreless in the first two minutes of the last quarter, but back-to-back Silla scores took the lead back to 20. An ease maximum stretched out to 25, with only six minutes on the clock. Then Disu scored from both inside and out to kill any Newcastle hopes of a miracle, but rotated storm side struggled to take command and find any rhythm as the hosts finished with eight unanswered points to minimise the damage to 16 points. The side continued to work hard to gel and establish their key principles as a new-look group of players, but come away feeling positive after a good performance put them in the board for the league campaign. Hakim Silla led the scoring for the visitors with 23 points to go alongside his four rebounds and American Suave added 19, Newman had 15 and Tez Allen 14 in a well-rounded team display from the squad. Storm are at home on Saturday with a big clash against rivals Worthing Thunder. Blaze Tap writes, The younger royals may be proving their worth. The relevance of our royal family was the subject of fierce debate long before the dawn of radio phone-ins and the combustible talking shop that is X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. What the royals are really for is a barroom discussion that will have been had in the days when a pint could be paid for in coppers and smoking a pipe was considered to be the hallmark of an intellectual. Many, myself included, 
predicted that the death of the Queen would only amplify the dissenting voices of anti-monarchists who have long been ranting on the outer fringes of the national conversation. At a time when the NHS is on its knees, we're told that we can no longer afford a much-needed 21st century railway link between the Northwest and London, not to mention the fact that millions are worried about how they are going to heat their homes again this winter. There are some who continue to ask why we are paying for posh folk to live in palaces. However, there are still more people in favour of the monarchy than are against it, and this is perhaps helped by the fact that the Windsors get behind many causes and campaigns that are close to the general population's hearts. Perhaps the best example of this is the support that younger royals, including the Prince and Princess of Wales, have given to mental health charities. Not only has their backing raised the profile of a subject that was, until recently, a real taboo. Last week, the Royal Foundation, which is the Wales's official organisation, published a survey that showed 95% of 16 to 24-year-olds believe that their peers are having issues with their mental health. Four in ten of those surveyed said they don't control their own emotions very well. These findings won't come as a surprise to anyone who has any kind of contact with younger people because theirs is a generation which seems to worry more than any other. With good reason too. I mean, if the cost of living crisis wasn't bad enough, there's the prospect of having to live at home with their folks until they are 30 or when they can afford a deposit. And that's before we start on what's happening to our planet, both environmentally and geopolitically. I've met teenagers who are quite literally kept awake at night with concerns about global warming, which is understandable when world leaders procrastinate and even backtrack on an issue which is arguably more important than any other in their intray. Yet, perhaps predictably, their concerns and fears are dismissed by those generations that have come before them. On reading an article about this very subject this week, I somewhat reluctantly headed for the comments section, almost certain of what horrors awaited me. I wasn't wrong. One-liners such as, how would this lot have coped in the Second World War? Get a grip, it's called life, leapt out from the screen. Although it wasn't all negative, with one commenter pointing out that mental health is nothing new. It's just that previous generations have either been unwilling or unable to discuss their woes. Only good can come from encouraging millions of people to tell others about what is on their mind, as far from being seen as a weakness, it is further evidence that society is becoming far more understanding than has been previously. The fact that younger folk today have more awareness about the troubles of others than their parents and grandparents can only provide hope for the future. Rather than tut and pour scorn on those who admit to feeling vulnerable, we need to follow the lead of our younger royals and encourage a national dialogue. This could be one of the most significant contributions yet from the nation's most famous family. We are coming to the end of this week's news. 
Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.35am and 5.58pm. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after recording each week on a Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Martin, your technician for this week. <laughs>